right. This is our Inspiring the Next CMO podcast series for Behind the Fluff podcast from the International Bunch. It's specifically for those in marketing, those interested in marketing, those in academic publishing, scholarly comms and libraries. Who are we going to be talking with today? Mary Sour Games. Mary is a VP of Product Management and Mary is going to talk with us about enjoying podcasts on daily walks during lockdown, being inspired by those on the front lines of healthcare, their determination and hope. I mean, they have been absolutely incredible. Progressive change in attitudes and working practices over the years, which has been absolutely fascinating. Michelle Obama's amazing balancing skills and hatred of public speaking. Mary's passion for problem solving and the importance of understanding your customer needs. And then finally, Jane Goodall and the power of persuasion. So why don't we just go and jump straight in? Let's go. Welcome, everybody, to our Behind the Fluff, um, Inspiring the Next CMO podcast series. Now, you can find lots of great resources to help inspire you to raise your game in marketing at www.internationalbunch.com forward slash be inspired. I am delighted to have Mary Sour Games with me today. Mary is Vice President of Product Management um, in the industry. And Mary and I used to work together, I think, some eight years ago. So hello, Mary. Hi, it's so good seeing you again. Thank you for inviting me to participate. This sounds like a lot of fun. Looking forward to it. Brilliant. Thank you so, so much. So what we're going to do first is we're going to start with a very simple question. Everyone does this, but um, we have a campaign that goes out for hashtag ink bunch word of the day. And we always want to find inspiring words to include in this campaign because Paul Yasmin has to pull together about 365 words for the whole year. So um, we're kind of going, oh, sneaky in these interviews to say, you know, let's get some words out of here. So what is your favorite word and what does it mean? So my favorite word to use, and I get teased about it all the time, I like to say, awesome, and like really loud, awesome. And, uh, and uh, particularly for my colleagues on your side of the pond, they're always kind of very scared when I do that because, <laughs> because it, it is, what does it mean? And, and for me, it, it, it's, it's like saying great. It's like saying good job, but just something a little bit more special. So when I say it, it means like, I really think this is a great idea. Um, and uh, it's, it's meant to be inspiring, you know, and it's more than just, just a pat on the back. It's just like, this is really awesome, or this is a great thing that we've done. So um, awesome. That would be the word. Absolutely. I love it. I use awesome as well. I think it's a brilliant word. And it's definitely a very positive one too. I think on our side of the pond, the reason that people are like, is because um, we hear it a lot on the, on the American side, but I just think, you know, why not adopt it? It's brilliant. Yeah. So um, first things first, we want to know a little bit more about you. So what's the best thing that you have discovered in the last year? It's funny you should ask. I, I've been thinking about this and it is podcasts. And I know, <laughs> I know podcasts have been around for a long time and it was just a medium that I did not use at all. Um, for whatever reason, I don't really know, but since the pandemic, um, and we have actually been sitting in front of Zooms every day for like literally eight or nine hours straight, yeah. I have been setting aside like a half hour every day 
sometimes 45 minutes that I can just get away and actually walk. And so as I go out and walk, since I can't go out and walk with other people and have conversations, um, I started, you know, listening to podcasts and I really, really enjoy it. And uh, so for, for me, that was, that was the big discovery this year. Yeah, I'm completely there with you. I love things like audible and listening to audiobooks now. I just, it's just stuff that we just did not do before. And now we're actually taking a bit more time. It's great to just be able to take some time out and listen to some, there's some excellent podcasts out there. Very funny ones as well. I find myself chuckling to as I'm walking along or running. Yeah. So um, who inspires you? So um, usually when I think about people who inspire me, there are people who are going above and beyond. And, and in particular, I am inspired by uh, women um, who are in leadership positions and really kind of pushing the boundary. Mm. Um, and more recently, though, if I think back again about this year, I think where I've been really inspired is thinking about all the people who are on the front lines literally every day. Yeah. And I think about people who are working particularly in healthcare and having to deal with just incredibly difficult situations. And, um, you know, they're, they're really the lifelines to their families, to the, those patients, the COVID patients that are in their hospitals. And, you know, the fact that they come back every day and, and keep doing the same thing, which has got to be so just, you know, disheartening for them and sad, yeah. but, I, I just find inspiration that, you know, they keep, they keep coming back and keep, keep moving forward and you know, provide hope to their patients and they provide hope to their families. So I just, to me, that's, uh, that's been a shift um, in my thinking about who inspires me. Yeah, absolutely. Completely agree. Incredibly special people. I, don't, I honestly, I don't know how they do it. Um, no. And I don't think they probably know how they've continued and done it because you can see all the, imagery of some of them and how much they've suffered um, yeah it's yeah I mean what a year what a year so on a more positive note well I don't know if it's going to be positive or not I have to wait and find out but when you were young what did you want to be exactly what I'm doing right now <laughs> it's it's hard to believe um, but yeah when I was little and I, I think back on this and it's just kind of funny. Like I have two sisters who are younger than I, and we would always kind of play house. And my two sisters were always moms and they were always, you know, carrying their baby dolls around and having kids. And I was always the one in the house who was like, I'm going to work today. And I would pack <laughs> up my stuff and, and I was going to be a, you know, a business person. I'm not really sure I do exactly what I'm doing now, but it was like, I'm always going places. I was always, you know, just working in a business and always the professional woman never had any kids. I actually ended up having real kids in, in real life. Yeah. A kid. Um, but yeah, it was really, it's really funny that you end up kind of following your dreams in some ways. Absolutely. I mean, I think you're the first person that's actually doing what they thought they were going to do when they were young. Did you have a little briefcase as well? Well, I don't think I knew what a briefcase was back then. But <laughs> <laughs> so, but if I knew, I'm sure I would have. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so if you were to have dinner tonight with anybody in the world from any time, whether they're alive or dead, who would it be? Well, it would be Michelle Obama. 
And it goes back to my comment about who, who is it that I admire. And generally, it's very strong women who have made an impact. And um, I find her to be absolutely amazing. Um, she, you know, intelligent, well-educated, extremely professional, um, takes the high road, um, you know, has been able to balance a, a very public and very professional life. Yes. Um, and still, you know, maintain, it appears to maintain a very good balance with, you know, her, her children, her mother, and, and um, being able to promote her own um, interests regarding, you know, children's nutrition and exercise and just, just a lots of things that I think are, are very, very inspiring. And so I would love to talk to her and just, find out how she was able to kind of balance all of that. Cause I think that that's amazing and continue to be her own person when she's married to someone who is such a strong, you know, personality and, and recognized worldwide and, and still be able to maintain her identity and strength. I think that's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. I'm listening to her audio book at the moment and you know, her growing up in her life, she's fascinating. She yeah. is an incredibly fascinating and inspirational individual. Yeah, I read her book too, and I had no idea that she really hates public speaking. You would never yeah. get a sense of that or, you know, had no intention of really helping with a political career and then just kind of get swept into it. And then just, again, coming of her own and, and being able to be able to really have a presence. In, and I just, I found it inspirational. Yeah, absolutely. Completely agree with that. Well, that would be a, an incredibly interesting conversation as well. That would be a, a fantastic conversation to have at dinner. I'm starting to think about it now, and I don't want my brain to go off that way. So I'm going to pull <laughs> myself back in. So um, tell me about your career and how you got to where you are today. So um, when I think back on my career, it's been kind of interesting. I think it's combined um, probably three different things. One is there's just a real desire to be and work with people. So that's been consistent. Um, loving solving problems and figuring things out. And then um, as I'm figuring those, taking those things back out into the marketplace and getting people really excited about them and also see their excitement when they say, this was exactly what I was talking about way back when. So when I, um, graduated from college, I had a degree in economics, and I uh, went to work for a forecasting firm, an economic forecasting firm in the auto industry. So I actually started my career uh, in, in automobiles, and it was um, a very, very different time um, mm. from, from today, and it's a very different industry than, mm. than the publishing and, and information industry. Um, but I was always sort of in that information side of it. And I started out in a sales position, but a lot of it was also working with economic models and modeling and statistics and online, uh, online services. And from there, I moved to another organization within, uh, this was in the Detroit area. And uh, again, automotive related. And we, again, it's more of a sales position, studying, uh, creating studies for um, customers in the, the, 
large automotive companies. Yeah. And as I started to work in the sales, I started seeing things that people needed. And I came back with some product ideas. And next thing I know, I'm working in the product department and then starting to create new products for um, actual, actually automobile dealers. And it was very interesting. And then it turned into kind of marketing. So there's like, yeah. how, do, how do we sell this back to them? And so that whole process was was really excited to me. And a lot of that was, again, online. And I got to a point where as much as I liked what I was doing, um, the industry probably was not as kind to women um, overall. And it was, um, it was a very challenging environment being, being a female and being one of the few females in a non-secretarial kind of role, both at, within my own organization, as well as, you know, the customers that we served. Mm-hmm. And I really wanted to be in a, in a different kind of environment. And so um, an opportunity opened up with a, a publishing company in the Detroit area. And so I, I made the change and I have never looked back um, as far as, you know, moving into the publishing world. I think it was yeah. much more inclusive. Um, and, it was, I hate to say this, it sounds like it's going to date me so badly, <laughs> but, but at the time I started working for them, um, we were, we were doing reference publishing. Yeah, and yeah. Um, so you can think about those hard, you know, hard books that were behind the shelf in the library where you say, no, nobody can touch those or, you know, have to, you could, they would watch you if you took that, those books off the shelf very carefully. <laughs> um, and we were actually moving those things into CD-ROMs. So, um, for moving from, you know, because I had worked so much with online databases and online services, um, I really had a good understanding of electronic medium and it wasn't too many years after that we actually were moving into the web. So that was a very short stint with CD-ROMs, but, um, in the creation of, of these services, it really became apparent that you needed to have a much greater understanding of how users use things. Before it was all about the content. You just put it in a book format and you yeah. publish it out. As you move into, you know, this electronic medium, it's now starting to think differently. How do people want to use it? What's changed? And so from there, um, you know, we, we started doing a lot of user observation. And again, just as I continue to move out throughout my career, it's just been building products, working with end users, and then relating the value of that to, to them. So I think each, each step along the way, um, just have continued to kind of grow and, and build teams and, and motivate teams to, to learn to follow some of the practices that we used early on. Um, to reach out to end users and make sure we understood what those needs were. So I'll, I'll stop it there because I can no. go into hours. <laughs> I, I had to put myself on mute because it suddenly started raining really hard and I've got a flat roof and it was going, and I was like, I don't want Mary to stop. I don't want her to be distracted. <laughs> so no, I love, I love that. And I started in sales too um, in my early career. And I think it's because for me, I mean, Michigan is, for us, uh, for many of us, known to be, that was really was like a heart in the U.S. of where you had a lot of the automotive industry. Right. And I can imagine how incredibly chauvinist that that, that industry probably was, certainly at that time. 
Um, you, for me, I was just thinking about what you were saying about Michelle Obama. You, for me, are one of the women in my life that have inspired me. And I um, find you incredibly inspirational. And Thank I you. absolutely loved working with you when we worked together. I just think that you're awesome. And, um, and it's just really interesting to hear how you've gone in your career and what you've done and listen we've all we've all done the old cd roms <laughs> well, i uh, i do sometimes say cd roms and i i see my son look at me going like what 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 are you talking about so um absolutely oh yeah just dvd darling like a dvd oh it's fine okay, yeah and even then i'm getting at least i hope he knows what a DVD well, is. He, he does, but, you know, we've got some friends who have very small children and they have no idea. They think they're, they look like nice coasters to put things on, so. Oh, brilliant. So what have you been most proud of in your career? I think it's been the ability to build teams that really want to collaborate, work together, and focus on end use, solving end user needs. Um, you know, I've worked with a lot of really, really smart people over the year. I, mm -hmm. I feel blessed. Um, you know, they have, you know, their own academic achievements. And um, a lot of times they come to solving problems based on what they know in their headspace mm -hmm. and what they think the customers want. And they, they start building requirements. And um, it's been inspiring for me to, to give them some of the tools and, and, and tell them, hey, let's go out and let's go on site and let's watch customers actually do what they do and how they use our products today. Yeah. And um, the more and more that you can do, do that and share with people, hey, you know, just because you think it's easy to do doesn't mean that everybody else can figure that out. And I think being helping people see see how um, people use services and understand what those real needs are and understanding what those problems are. It really creates, you know, kind of a new awareness for them. And, yeah. um, you know, they come back and they're really inspired, like, oh, we can really solve this, this problem. And, and then they do it. And then, then they get the uh, gratification from the, from the customers that, you yeah. know, we've made this change and this really meets what they're trying to do and accomplish. So, you know, helping, helping my teams move forward and create those aha kind of moments has been for me very, very rewarding. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So talking about your most proud for your career, what have you found the most challenging? Um, I think when I go back into my early days in my career and talking about those environments where, mm -hmm. um, where things, let's just say they were chauvinistic environments and feeling like I couldn't, I couldn't be the person that I wanted to be or couldn't perform um, uh, as well as I would want to. And I, I and I think I was not, I'm not proud of the fact that I probably should have been more confident in saying how I really felt, but I internalized a lot of it and just said, okay, Mary, this is the way it is. Let's just, you know, plug ahead and just kind of keep going and things will somehow magically correct themselves. And I, I think I should have been probably more open and more, you know, 
forthright about some of those things and uh, to be more effective. It's hard to progress change, though, isn't it, in those environments, because you're often facing a brick wall anyway. And so actually, even if you did do that, you probably may not have made an impact and it still would have resulted in you shifting to a different industry. Yes. And changing your, and you may maybe you might have done it sooner because <laughs> you're like this is well, there, there's probably some real truth to that or would have been forced to do it sooner because I certainly stayed for you know a good good ten years in that industry yeah. um, and kept thinking things would change but it's just change takes a long time so I wonder if you ever went back to that industry how much how different it would be now which I'm sure you know, it would be, I would hope that it would be significantly different, but you don't know really until you're back in it and immersed in it. No, I, I, I have no idea. And I really have not really kept up with some of the colleagues yeah. that I had knew at that point in time. So it would be very difficult to say, but yeah. Um, yeah. I would hope that they have changed as well. Yeah, exactly. Fingers crossed. They're not in the same place that they were. That'd be pretty awful. Um, so what's what's ultimately your career goal? This is gonna sound kind of cheesy, but I feel like I'm where I want to be. I feel like I'm in the right spot for me. Um, you know, I'm I have an amazing team uh that uh I I proud to be leading um the leadership team at my organization. We all collaborate amazingly well and um you know there's not any kind of uh, internal issues or, or struggles between the groups and so we have a very you know positive environment we have a, a great you know leader in our organization who you know really values our culture and, and, and values inclusiveness and you know working collaboratively together yeah um, i'm building products for a community that I am inspired to work in every day. I mean, how can you not want to work with libraries when they're oh, yeah. helpful? Um, and and really being able to make a difference and uh, the, the end users, whether they're patrons coming into a public library or students and faculty in an academic library, I just, I, I just feel extremely blessed. And mm. I can't really imagine anything that would be better than this right now. Yeah, I, you know, I, I love libraries too and, and the people that are in it as well and the community that's behind libraries are just incredible. I don't know any other industry like it or I don't know any people like it. They are incredibly special people. So um, if you weren't doing your role now and money was absolutely no object, what would you be? So thinking back to that little girl who always wanted to be a business person, <laughs> I, you know, if I had all the money in the world, and I, I think I, one other element I would add here is a really great, awesome, a really awesome idea, using my word of the day. Absolutely. Um, I think what I would do is start my own company in the garage someplace and try to, you know, be a startup and, you know, really test and see if I could really start from scratch and build something on my own. 
Oh, you could do it. From someone that's done it, you can do it. It's just, you just have to wear a lot of hats. Payroll, yeah. accounts, finance, sales, yeah. business development, marketing, senior management, <laughs> talk to yourself, you know. <laughs> but it yeah. has its works. And everything you do, you feel, you know, is, is a great accomplishment because you know how hard you've worked to get there and it's on your yeah. head. Yeah. So, and you've got no one to answer to but yourself. So you can make your own decisions, which is great. <laughs> right. And there's no one else to blame but yourself too. Exactly. So, yeah. so I think you'd be awesome at it. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yes. So do you have any, now the question actually is, uh, what are your three um, inspiring or your must read professional books? But some of the people that have been doing this have said, actually, I don't really read professional books. So um, they could be professional, they could not be, they could just be your must read books. So what are your three must read books and why? So um, I, because you gave me a couple of these questions in advance, this one was a tougher one and I had to think about it, but I did stick with the professional books because I do read an awful lot of professional books. I'm always trying to get new ideas. So um, three, and they're all quite a bit different, but one of the first ones I would recommend is uh, Sheryl Sandberg's uh, Lean In. Yep. And she talks a lot about her days, um, I think both at McKinsey and Google, but, you know, and uh, for those who don't know her, she's now what, COO at Facebook. Um, and she really talks about this Lean In and, you know, has worked through these, these um male dominated organizations and talks about her very openly about her experiences, being a mom, trying to juggle family life. And I just, you know, thinking her reflections back on it, how you need to lean into these organizations and how you need to lean into your, your male counterparts. And I'm not, not in a confrontational way, but just, you know, having more of a presence. And so I really enjoyed um, reading that, Um, it helps give you more confidence. And um, I think that it's an important read for any woman who is in any kind of business really to, to, you know, read that and and kind of take that in and and see how they can continue to improve and grow. Um, My second book that I would recommend is uh, Simon uh, Sinek, who has start with why love it yeah anybody who is in marketing communication product marketing it's all about understanding problems and really understanding what's the root cause and why you know why this is you know um you know the problem it is and how do you how do you overcome it how do you talk about it how do you create ideas that you know resonate with people and communicate so to me, that's um, great. And he has a, a wonderful TED Talk if people haven't seen that. Yeah. And then the last book I would recommend, and I just got done reading this maybe last two months, is called Z Economy. And it's all about Generation Z. So for any of us who are communicating with Generation Z, any of us who are building things, you know, it's so important to really understand the perspective that they're coming into, you know, the generation Z is just beginning really to enter um, higher education now. And, you know, you think about, they've only been on their mobile device, you know, for their whole lives. Yeah. So if you can't 
do whatever it is that you want to do on a mobile device, you're going to lose them. Um, They're used to, you know, this is the TikTok generation. So, you know, they're used to short video clips. You know, even thinking of, um, I was amazed to read, you know, they love coming into organizations where they're not getting a manual with all of this stuff that tells you all the policies and procedures and everything you need to know about the company and the history and this big binder and be expected to read it. They don't want that. We've all been there. Um, yeah, but they want, give me a short video yeah. and then have it organized well. So that when I have this question, I can go back and I can watch and see. Yeah. And so it's, it's just really helping you reframe how you think about this generation and rather than saying, oh, they're so, you know, difficult to work with because they want everything handed to them. Well, they, um, not necessarily. I think they just want the same kind of information you've been providing, but just in a different way that they can consume. They want to learn. So um, I, I would recommend that just because it is a, it helps you understand, you know, where this new generation is coming from. Yeah, it, I, I love that. Um, I did some research recently for um, one of our webinars that we did. I think it was about email marketing and we were looking at segmentation in terms of the different kind of generations and what they want. And, you know, the generation, as you say, Z and I say Z, um, <laughs> We're absolutely fascinating. Now, Simon Sinek, love him. Um, in fact, I am finding my why on Monday with my business coach. <laughs> I have decided. Good for um, you. Yeah. But we, um, but, and actually, uh, I went on their website the other day and their courses that they have are very accessible in terms of cost wise. Um, but they're not, they're not Simon. They're like his, you know, expert coaches. But I, um, I do find the golden circle approach. Yeah. And I also finding that a lot of marketeers or a lot of um, publishers and service providers and those in the publishing and information industry are really starting to use that storytelling language. We do like training yeah. on it because yeah. there's a real need for it. And it's it's quite an adjustment for people to think about what's the pain point that we're trying to address. And I've got to start with that first as the why and then the how, and then the what. But it, it's a fascinating way of thinking. And, it, and it's the way of thinking, you know, it's, it's how to think forward. Apple do, I mean, I'm an Android user, but Apple do an amazing job. They absolutely do. They're, you know, such a good job. That's definitely somewhere that I point to people as, as a great example, and they look for inspiration. So do you have um, any favorite books or podcasts or blogs that you like? So in my new uh, journeys to listen to podcasts as I'm walking around, outside of usually I I listen to a couple of news ones just to kind of catch up on what's going on. But I have started to listen to one. um, It's called Sway, S-W-A-Y, by Kara Swisher, who is a technology writer for the New York Times. So she talks about everything in Silicon Valley. But this podcast is more about um, swaying opinion and using personal power. And she ends up in, you know, I mean, she does um, interview some people from the industry that's, you know, interesting, but she also just interviews people like the first one I listened to. And this is how she got me actually listening to the podcast was with Jane Goodall. And, you know, you think about this woman who back how many ever years ago when she started her career studying chimpanzees and you know, 
going into Africa and just talking about, you know, first of all, a woman doing this at that point in time was just inconceivable. And then having to come back and then talk to her colleagues who are, you know, white males and, and get them to listen to her way of, and again, this is all observational. So again, there's a really nice tie into observing what's happening with the chimpanzees. And, and then, um, you know, just, uh, using her own personal power to move her views forward and, you know, finally get the scientific community to understand, you know, what was happening and also just start adop- adopting some of her techniques and observation. And so I just, um, I just found it very inspirational and I've listened to all of her podcasts and she, she get, brings in some really interesting people um, that are just a little bit off the spectrum. And it's nice to listen to people who are not necessarily in our space yeah. have challenges they need to overcome. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. And, and I think, you know, you, you shouldn't, people shouldn't be so into and looking in just in their industry. It's about being inspired about people who are outside the industry as well. And I think it's quite interesting in publishing the information side when um, the skill set isn't quite there or there aren't the people that um, these organizations now want that they're going outside the industry right. to bring specific skill sets in. And yes, I know our industry is complicated. We all know how complicated it is. Um, but, you know, a lot of them, they get it. You know, they, it takes them a little bit of learning like yeah. with any industry and they get it, but they can bring a lot to the table. So um, anything that you mentioned, we put in the description and in the blog post so that people can um, link through to it. So any of these podcasts and books and things. But if you were, if you could travel back in time in a machine, a time machine, what would you tell your early career self? Oh, I, I think I would say, Mary, have more confidence in yourself and and speak out more, I think. Yeah. Um, maybe not so much now, but certainly earlier in my career, I think <laughs> I think I would have would have be a, be a bit more bold. Be a bit yeah. more bold. Perfect. And so what is the best piece of advice that you have ever had or ever come across? I I think it's just, hey, don't give up, keep going. You know, um, a lot of what we do, you know, is by trial and error. You're going to do some things and some things you're fail fast, I guess, is, is that whole, you know, try it. If it doesn't work. Okay. Readjust, go back again, but don't give up. And uh, also though, on the don't give up also recognize sometimes, okay, we got to start back at ground zero and start rethink this too. It's not yeah. kind of, cause I sometimes see people keep going, I'm going to keep forcing this, you know, this square peg through this round hole and it's like, no, it's not going to get through there. We got to, we got to step back and, and take a look at this, but, but don't, don't give up. Absolutely. And I think, you know, like you said at the beginning, people on the front line, when we look at them as inspiration, they haven't given up, they have kept right. on going and they've had to adjust and adapt and change. So they're great role models for that. So what's your number one tip for someone who's working in marketing right now? 
I think the number one tip that people need to be is really adaptable and really looking for the next opportunity. Um, You know, we have seen our whole lives and how we interact with people and our expectations around how we receive information, how we, you know, everything that we do is completely different than it was 12 months ago. The fact that we're just having a Zoom conversation and I can't be with you in the same room. Um, I don't know that's going to go back to 100%. In fact, I know it's not going to go back 100% the same. So I think as marketers, you know, we have to get much, much better at social marketing and media and being comfortable with delivering information in shorter bits in, in, um, and just in new ways uh, yeah. of delivering. And I think for some people, that's going to be a really hard shift. But for people, you know, who are creative and like change, this is a very, very exciting time because it's it's still going to be a, a big area of change for quite quite some years to come. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, digital transformation, we have to keep on top of it. Yeah. It's just so rapidly changing. And the marketing that we did, like you said, 12 months ago, is different to what we do now. Um, So what do you miss most since the COVID-19 pandemic? Um, It's the actual face-to-face interactions. Um, I I love, well, I shouldn't say I love, I don't mind, you know, having the video conferences. I think they work out really amazingly well. And I think at least the team that I work have adapted really well. Yeah. And we haven't really missed a beat. And so I'm really, I'm really proud of my, my team for, you know, being that adaptable and changeable and, and still keeping things on track. But I, I do worry that we're missing, um, it's, it's like that, at least within an office, you're missing the interchanges between going to another meeting and that hallway conversation or when you first sit down or, you know, not that the, the conversations that you have at conferences, um, and it's not in the session, it's the hallway chat, or it's the, you know, Hey, let's go and have a coffee. And, and just kind of that, that little bit of additional, A, you're you're not getting that personal contact, but also you just, you get a deeper understanding and greater connection. And that is missing. And that's probably what I miss the most. I completely agree with that. that, Just that physical interaction, isn't it? Yeah. So um, before we finish up our session, I should have asked you what this is going to be, but you know, never know what you're going to throw at me. Um, So is there anything you want to ask me? So I would, this last question, what have you missed the most? What have I missed the most? This last year. Um, My mental health. (laughs) (laughs) My good mental health. Um, What have I missed the most? I think what I have missed the most is um, conferences. I think the same as you, it's just physically being able to talk to someone and go for a drink with someone and just socialize. And I just miss that because digital fatigue is very much there. And we work from home, all of our, all of us here at the International Bunch anyway. So that hasn't changed. But for me, leaving was such a release. Yeah. Um, you know, going to conferences was, um, so yes, that's why, that's what I think I miss the most. And yeah. seeing my family, because that's, you know, but that's for everyone. Yeah, that's, that's gotta that, be that really makes you sad. Yeah. yeah. So 
Mary, thank you so, so much for taking the time um, to talk to us today. You have been absolutely brilliant. And I know that people will have a lot of takeaways from this and also seeing how you progressed um, through your career and where you started and where you've ended up. So I just want to say a huge thank you so much to you for this. Oh, you're absolutely welcome. This has been a lot of fun and I've enjoyed it. And so let's, let's keep in touch too. So Absolutely. 